0: Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to continue with the fourth, fourth part of my series on the atmosphere of praise. And look, we're not called to live under the atmosphere. We're called to change the atmosphere. Satan's not called the prince of the power of the air for no reason. He knows that what goes on on planet Earth originates in the atmosphere, and the church has to get back to its place of leadership in the atmosphere of our environments. And so this morning, we are at the, the uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving, so naturally my message is the power of thanksgiving. And 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, everyone say everything. Everything. In everything, give thanks. For this, the giving of thanks, is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. You don't know what God's will is? You're not sure? Start with giving thanks. In everything, that is God's will for you. Let me say it again. In everything, God's will for you is to give thanks for Jesus Christ. You know, there's one thing you can never have too much of, and we've got a lot, and we often, you know, overindulge, there's, and then we pay a price for it. But there's one thing you can never overindulge in, you can never have too much thanksgiving. You can never thank God too much. God never says enough, enough, that's enough, <laughs> enough thanksgiving, can you get on to something else? You know, prayer can go unanswered. But Thanksgiving's never unanswered. So I've brought four powerful truths to share with you this morning about Thanksgiving. And the first one is, Thanksgiving is the perfect spiritual practice. It is the perfect spiritual practice, the perfect spiritual exercise. Now, I've seen wrong prayer, but I've never seen wrong Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is always right. Thanksgiving is always good. In fact, Psalm 92 says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. So the thanksgiver, the thanksgiver is a good doer. So if you're concerned about doing good, commit yourself to being a thanksgiver because the thanksgiver is always doing good. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, in any situation, those who give thanks to God are always doing the right thing. Those who give thanks to God in any situation, are always, you might be laughed at, jeered, put down, criticized by people. But trust me, heaven records you as a good doer. You're doing the right thing. She's doing the right thing. She's giving thanks to God in the midst of this situation. When you don't know what else to do, giving thanks to God is always the right thing to do. There are more Christians today in ministries, quite frankly, homes, families, that are stalled out at an impasse, paralyzed, because they don't know where to go from here. They don't know what the plan is. They've lost track of Jesus, the leader. They're not sure what to do. If they would just start giving thanks. Giving thanks is the right thing to do. And that's because the attitude of gratitude increases altitude. I have a license in my hip pocket that says I can put together those little fancy preachisms, you know. Attitude of gratitude increases altitude. Look, if you want to increase your altitude with God, being a thanksgiver is the way to do it. An attitude of gratitude is how you get higher in God, how you get there, if you will. In fact, if you want to soar with God, don't just be a thanksgiver, be a thanks liver. Yes. Praise the Lord. How many of you have ever flown an airplane? I, I, I should ask who hasn't. And some of you are frequent flyers. I, how many of you belong to a frequent flyer program of one? I belong to, I got a whole pocket full of them. Um, God's frequent flyers all know, they all know, you must reach cruising altitude before the cabin service can begin. Right. Right. Until that time, you have to stay in your seat. <laughs> Legs crossed. You're waiting for that that release so that you can go to the bathroom. You're ra- waiting for the release so the peanuts will come out, <laughs> so the drinks will come out, so the food will come out. That's that's called cruising altitude. The captain gets on, he says, we've now reached a cruising altitude of 35,000 feet. The cabin service will now begin. So practice thanks living. And you can live at cruising altitude with God. And then the angels will come out with your blessings. I mean, that's just how it works. Until you get to cruising altitude, until you are a thanks liver, until you are giving thanks, you're still ascending. But thanksgiving brings you up to cruising altitude. Praise God. And then out come the answers. Out come the blessings. Out come the angels with their carts bringing you what you need. Can you say amen? Amen. People often say, I don't know what to pray for. You don't need to be paralyzed because you don't know what to pray for. Most of us don't know what to pray for. People always say, I don't know what to pray for, but guess what? God already knows what you need. Before you ask, He knows what you need. And when you thank Him for being my Abba Father, I thank Him for being my provider, then you'll arrive at cruising altitude. Guess what? What you need will come out. And you didn't even know that's what you needed. Reach cruising altitude by being a thanksgiver, overflowing with thanksgiving in all things. I love the scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, 6, and 7, talks about Jesus. Hallelujah. A son is born. We shall call his name Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. Of the increase, listen to this, of the increase of his government. Now, what is his government? The Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Of the increase of righteousness, peace, and joy, of the increase of Jesus' government, and of His peace, there shall be no end. Say that with me, no end. No end. No end. Think about it. No end. No end to the increase of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And he goes on to say, no end of the increase of Jesus' government upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice. How many of us would like to see some judgment justice? I'd like to see some judgment, and I'd like to see some justice applied where it needs to be applied. We need it today. We need a correction. That correction isn't going to come from the world. That correction is going to come from people who are operating at cruising altitude. If the church doesn't get back to being thanks livers, we're not going to see the revival we keep prophesying and talking about. It's going to take thanksgiving to order and to set us aright. Our own alignment doesn't take place until we are walking and living and our mental attitude and our frame of mind is in line and we are up there at 35,000 feet with God on cruising altitude Because we are thanks livers. So the Bible says of the increase of his government and of justice and of judgment, there will be no end, hallelujah, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts. That means God's eager to burst through that door and give justice and give righteousness and to execute judgment. God is eager to come forth and to expand his government. And I know that thanksgiving is the spiritual, perfect spiritual practice because it's the music of the kingdom of God. Mm. It's what's playing in the elevators of heaven. (laughs) It's what people are singing. You want to know what they're singing? What kind of people think, I wonder if if the Beatles are going to listen to Beatle music up there in heaven. Who's going to be popular in heaven? I can tell you, whatever it is, it's going to be thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the background music of heaven. It is the song of the prophets. It is the song of the redeemed. Thanksgiving is the music of the kingdom of God because it's the gateway to increase. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And the gateway to that is Thanksgiving. So it's the perfect spiritual practice. Brings me to point number two about Thanksgiving. Here it is. Appreciation appreciates. In the world of finance, things rise in value, we say they appreciate. Things decrease in value, they depreciate. So we have depreciation and we have appreciation. Now look, when your circumstances depreciate, what do you do? Express your gratitude to God for being the glory and lifter of your head. Hallelujah. For he who appreciates God will himself appreciate. Appreciate God? You will appreciate. You will rise. How can we not appreciate the one who owed us nothing but gives us everything? How can we not appreciate he who Paul spoke about in 1 Corinthians 15 when he said, The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks BE TO GOD, WHO GIVES US THE VICTORY THROUGH THE LORD JESUS CHRIST. PRAISE GOD. THANKSGIVING TO GOD FOR JESUS IS HOW WE RISE ABOVE THE DEPRECIATING FORCES OF DEATH AND SIN. IS DEATH IN ALL OF ITS VARIOUS FORMS? IS SIN IN ANY OF ITS FORMS? causing depreciation in your mind, causing depreciation in your body? Is it threatening your family with depreciation? Is it depreciating the quality of your life in any form? The Bible says the power of sin and the power of death can be broken and you can be lifted above it by giving thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, come on, that's overly simple. Well, that's because you think religiously. You're a religious thinker. You think you've got to do something to reverse sin, to reverse death, but Jesus is already ahead of you. He's already robbed the grave. He's already taken the sting out of death. He's already defeated sin. He's risen up. Praise God, you're too late. He's already done it. The word of faith, the Bible says, doesn't say who shall descend into the depths To bring up Christ, who shall ascend into the heavens, to bring him down. It says the word of faith is near you in your heart and your mouth. So start thanking God. Giving thanks, hallelujah, to God for Jesus Christ is how we rise above the powers of depreciation. And I'll I'll say this to you. If you're taking notes, this would be a note to put down. You will never rise above your appreciation of God. You you cannot rise above your appreciation of God. Your appreciation determines how high, how far you're going to go. How much do you express out of your mouth your appreciation for God? When you lift up thanksgiving, you will be lifted up. Your life will follow the direction of your appreciation. Does appreciation for God flow out of your mouth? you'll follow it, if it does. If it doesn't, you're kind of stuck. Your life will follow the direction of your appreciation, and when your thanksgiving goes up, you'll follow it. There's a reason why. There's a reason why the appreciator appreciates. Brings me to the third point. God is the thanksgiver's keeper. Keeper. God is the thanksgiver's keeper. Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, notice that prayer, supplication, making lists, petitions, all these things are not enough by themselves. They have to have the special sauce added to it. French food's nothing without sauce. They got butter, stick of but, you know, you got the beans, you got your meat, you got to shove a, shove a stick of butter in it. It's not French food till you sub the butter in it, (laughs) till you make the sauce. Well, the same thing when when it comes to these activities, prayer, supplication, all these different things, it's nothing until you add thanksgiving. In everything, here it is again, everything, always, nonstop, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. How come we don't see more answered prayers? A lot of requests going up. How much thanksgiving is flowing out of our lives? Praise the Lord. That is the key. And I'm going to say some more about it as we go on. But but just understand, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Why? Because, and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will keep, everyone say keep, will keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought, I'm in the midst of a situation, my relationship is struggling, I'm grinding away on my job, family's in turmoil, I'm about to lose heart. Think about it. You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever, have you ever lost heart? It's hard to get it back when you've lost it. When you've lost heart, it's, t- it's not easy to get the heart back. More people end up in divorce court for the simple fact that they've lost heart. They could have survived. They could have rebounded but they lost heart. How many would say, I've lost my mind? Now, because there's some other people who think that about you. I can tell you that there's some people that will get up and volunteer you and say, that girl has lost her mind. But listen, the Scripture says that there's something that will keep your hearts and keep your minds through Jesus Christ. What is it? Thanksgiving. Let thanksgiving go before God, and Jesus will keep your heart and your mind. You know, anyone can believe in the promises of God, but the thanksgiver becomes the beneficiary of them because the thanksgiver files the claim. Thanksgiving is filing the claim. It's writing the check. You can strain to believe. You can... uh, you can labor to craft your prayers to jam as much scripture in them as you possibly can. Some people are just word, 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 but the letter kills. Mm-hmm. Without thanksgiving, without the heart, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. This isn't a paper pope. It does no, absolutely no good unless there's thanksgiving, unless in our heart we are appreciating Him. The appreciator will appreciate. So anyone can believe the promises of God, but the thanksgiver is the beneficiary because the thanksgiver files the claim. By thanking God, we are filing claim. There's something about the blood covenant that thanksgiving engages. It engages with the covenant of God. There's something universal about thanksgiving that has an effect and it moves heaven in behalf of the world when the actions of life are against you, thanksgiving is the reaction that will keep you. There is a reaction that you can have, no matter what is against you, that will make a difference. You know, God, I believe, is looking to become the keeper of that person who reacts to the actions of their life with thanksgiving. And that brings me to the fourth and final point. And that fourth point is, you can confront every and any situation in life with thanksgiving to God. And I don't know a lot of things that you can say that about, but everything in life can be confronted with thanksgiving to God. It'll be good, as we've said, it'll be appropriate, it'll be the right thing to do. Psalm 107 says, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Notice it doesn't say give thanks to the Lord because your life is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord because your rent is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord because uh, your marriage is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. We are always thanking God for the kind of things the pilgrims did. And as Jesse pointed out, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But there is a thanksgiving that transcends circumstance. And that thanksgiving is looking to Jesus Who has risen above all and sits upon the throne of glory and said, I give thanks to you for you. I thank you for you. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. My situation may stink, but He is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy. Here comes the engagement with your circumstances. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Look, thanksgiving is the say-so of the redeemed. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to use English this time. Thanksgiving is the say-so of the redeemed. We thank the Redeemer for what he has done because what he has done is what he will do. Mm -hmm. I am the same. I change not, says the Lord, yesterday, today, and forever. If the disciples could depend upon me to raise the dead and open the eyes of the blind, you disciples can depend upon me to raise the dead and open the eyes of the blind. We thank God for what he has done. Let the redeemed, I've been redeemed, let the redeemed say so. I've been redeemed. I thank God for what he has done, because that's what he's going to do. Let me tell you what the world needs today. They don't need something new. It just, I I cringe. I cringe every time I see one of these imbecile politicians, Hollywood people, public leaders, getting up, college students, God help us, uh, getting up and talking about change, change I had no idea what they're talking about change we want change as though change in and of itself is some kind of a paragon of virtue that there's some answer in change listen i've been through changes and not all of them are good and, stick to the old stuff. and even the old stuff is rotten i mean the, i know stick to the old stuff You know, the old stuff wasn't so good, you know, yeah, I loved candy bars at 10 cents for a Snicker bar, but I made 50 bucks a week, you know, so let's be honest, peoples, praise the Lord. The redeemed of the Lord need to say so. We thank God for what he has done because that's what he will do. This is what the world needs today. We don't need change. We don't need something old. We don't need something new. What we need is the eternal, the changelessness of God. Did you know that you can identify as anything you want to? It doesn't make it so. Jesus already cleared all that nonsense up in the Sermon on the Mount, he was just, he just dealt with all of it. When he said, <clears throat> which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to your stature? You can't even change a hair on your head by thinking hard. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. So by thinking, you don't change reality by thinking. Just because you change, you know, the, the, the uh, in the Old Testament, the evil prophet, Balaam wanted to try to uh, curse the people of God. And he, so he went up on the mountain to try to speak a curse over the people of God. And the Lord said, They're like a sleeping lion. I wouldn't poke them with that stick if I were you. Uh, you can't curse them. So he went to the evil king that had hired him, Balak, and he said, I can't curse them. God has blessed them. He's in the midst of them. He said, Well, go over on that other mountain over there. On the other side of the valley, maybe you can get a better perspective. So he says, God's God's not a God who just changes because you change change your perspective. But he did what he said because he wanted to get paid. And he went to the other mountain. He ran up that mountain, tried to curse God, but God just put a blessing on his people. He says, well, all right, let me try the other mountain. So he's tried about three or four mountains. And you know what? No matter what perspective you take, what God says is blessed is blessed. Honey, there's not a thing you can do about it just because you change your perspective. But this is the insanity of the world that we live in today, that they are struggling under curses, and they think they can change it by changing the way they think. And nothing changes it. What we need is not something old, something new. We don't need change. We don't need to go back. We don't need to go forward. What we need to do is go up. Hallelujah. Remember, cruising altitude, thanksgiving. It's amazing what thanksgiving, hallelujah, can do for you. And so, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Just say, God has redeemed me, and I thank him for it. Thank God for what he has done for you. Thanksgiving is the say-so of the redeemed. Look, when life wants to introduce you to disease, Give thanks to God for the stripes of Jesus and introduce that disease to Jesus the healer. But you have to do it with thanksgiving. Introduce cancer to Jehovah Rapha. You do it with thanksgiving. You don't do it by struggling and, oh, God, I I see the Lord going in like a scalpel. I see that, oh, you know, like we are creating through our prayers the healing. You know, oh, it's not working this time. Listen, the work, we talk about it working, the prayers working. The work was done over 2,000 years ago. Jesus rested from the work. He rose from the dead, defeated sin, hell, and the grave, handed all authority over us. What did he say? Give thanks in all things. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you suffer great loss and you don't know How to respond, give thanks to God with the redeemed life that you have left. If you've just lost 60% of your investment, take what you've got left and give thanks. If you've just lost 50% of your mind, take the half that you've got left and give thanks to God with it. If you've just lost 70% of your peace, get hold of the 30% you've got left before it's gone and give thanks to God. Give thanks to God because that's the redeemed saying so. The redeemed saying so. Now listen to me. There's some things in the human body that once you cut them out, they'll grow back. But there's some things when you cut them out, they don't grow back. Right? Is that not right? Right. But I'll tell you something, the redeemed can always grow back. Every part of a redeemed person's life can grow back if you're a thanksgiver. Isaiah said so in Isaiah 51, I'm going to close with this. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return, shall return. Shall return. Never grow back, never return. No, shall return. The redeemed of the Lord shall return. Listen to me. The redeemed of the Lord shall return. Lost 70% shall return. Lost 30% shall return. I don't care what you've lost. If 30% left is the redeemed of the Lord, say so, you shall return. The redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion And everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain. You lost 50%, you shall obtain. 80%, you shall obtain. They shall obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and mourning shall flee away. So blessing can return from any part of a redeemed person's life who lives as a thanksgiver. It is the perfect spiritual practice. Close your Bible, stand with me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you feel more thankful? (laughs) I do. Now that I know what thanksgiving does, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Who here can't be a thanksgiver? Listen, the only person who as of yet cannot be a thanksgiver, is the one who has not yet received what we're thankful for, and that's Jesus. And he is offering himself. He's running a special. (laughs) He's been running a special since Calvary. I suspect it's going to last forever, but that special is, oh, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters and drink without money, without cost. Come and let the Lord give you the milk of the word. Let him give you the new wine of his love. Without money, let him pour his spirit into you. Hallelujah. That's quite a deal. Just come and receive. Jesus says, I will give you myself. And so if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, listening to this message, even long after it's been uh, recorded and you're watching, you're listening and you don't know Jesus, the gift, the reason for thanksgiving. Oh, your turnaround is just minutes away. Your turnaround, your redemption is just minutes away. Hallelujah. This power that I've talked about, this power of thanksgiving is just a prayer away. So open your heart and pray with me and ask Jesus to come and be Lord of your life and pray this simple prayer. Almighty God, you made heaven and earth. Everything's in your hand. So I feel confident in asking you to take my soul, take my life and make me your child. You are the only and the almighty God. And you came into the world as Jesus Christ. I believe that. And I ask you to come now into my world, come into my life. I give myself to you and I ask for the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. Father, I pray for those people who have just prayed. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I know you're blessing them right now. Just fill them with your spirit. Praise God. Break every hold that Satan's had over their life, Father God. And bring them out of captivity. Hallelujah. Bring them up to cruising altitude. Put that song of the redeemed in their heart. May joy just overflow them. And so they become thankful expressors of your joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And now for the rest of us, you know the Lord, you have every reason to give thanks. Hallelujah. Whether you have or whether you don't have is immaterial. You have the source of all things. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. What he can bring forth out of one seed, out of one seed. Hallelujah. Oh, I pray over you for the turnaround that you need in your life. I pray over you for that that word that was spoken earlier about the heart that's locked away. There's There's a portion of your life that has been sealed under a level, a lock behind a door of depression. You haven't been able to rejoice in an area of your life. You haven't been able to procreate. You haven't been able to be creative. You haven't been able to let hope arise. Hope has not arisen. You haven't had original thoughts or visions flowing. You've just been uh, tied to the mill like blind Samson going around in circles. But the Lord says, no, no, that's not His will. He releases you. To believe again. He releases you to be active again, to dream again, to let God lift you up. Hallelujah. And so I command that captivity to be broken, and I pray over you the spirit of thanksgiving. Oh, Father, fill their heart and fill their mouth with thanksgiving. You know, you can heal yourself by being a thanks liver. Just begin to Make thanksgiving the leading edge of your life and you can open the door for your own healing, your own recovery. Hallelujah. The Lord is for you. He's leaning into you. Let him in with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And everybody said amen. All right.